Hi, my name is Jessica. I'm obsessed with costume drama. So is my mom, Gloria. Hello. And my sister, Sarah. Yep, me too. We live worlds apart which is really hard. But one way for us to stay connected is through what we're watching. Pride and Prejudice with a glass of wine and some chocolate. Nice mom. Every season of Downton Abbey. Those costumes. Well, anything period drama. We'll be watching the latest shows and talking through the good, the bad, and the ugly of our favorite genre. And we want you to join us too. From our couch to yours, we are the Lady Foxes. Join us now for Season 1, Episode 3 of Bridgerton. Hey, Mom, I am so happy that you got the first dose. Oh, we're so happy you got the first vaccine. That's awesome. I kind of felt like I won the lottery. How did that happen? It's just... It was absolutely crazy. It it was incredibly crowded. They didn't really pace people well and spread Mm. them out well. And I ended up spending over an hour waiting in line in the hospital corridor. Did you have two masks on? I had one mask on. I didn't know I had to have to wait so long. So when I go back the next time, I'm probably going to wear a bag over my head. (laughs) So this is going to be an incredibly brief recap of a very steamy episode. We have Daphne overwhelmed with proposals, but she's totally holding out for what she says is the best proposal, but really you get the feeling that she has eyes for the Duke. The Duke has not proposed, Mama. I'm still considering my best course. Wise girl. And Lord Hardy is a fine option. My dear, why ever do you complicate matters so? You must simply marry the man who feels like your dearest friend. There is an arrival of a Prussian prince, which is like putting a cat among the pigeons. Ladies are so excited. Another thing that's happening is Lady Featherington has totally changed her tack about Marina. And instead of locking her in this like gilded cage, she's now pushing her out into society and was like, find a husband ASAP. You cannot hide me away forever. No, I cannot. Which is why you are to re-enter society at once and find yourself a husband. I do not want to. What you want became immaterial long ago. You shall wed and you shall do it as soon as possible. We learn that Lord Featherington has a gambling issue. And at the same time in their club, the Duke and Anthony, their bromance is back on. They seem totally happy with each other. And then in walks Sienna. I've often wondered what plays in one's mind when an aria is performed. Sometimes I think on the meaning of the words I sing. At other times I think on the tasks I have failed to accomplish during my day. And sometimes I ponder my plans for after my performance. And then we end with the Duke having thought about Lady Danbury's chat to him, basically has a friendship breakup with Daphne. Daphne's super upset about it. And it ends with Daphne, a vision in white, walking down the staircase, totally winning because everybody's eyes on her, the prince's eyes on her. And just as like a big middle finger to the Duke, she drops her fan and makes the prince kneel before her and picks it up. But you forgot a major theme which is that growing tension between Daphne and Simon. You see in this episode that she is absolutely falling for him. And he is for her as well. It gets to that point in a story where it's fine. They're doing friends with benefits and realize they have feelings for each other and the whole scheme falls apart. That's right. And there's also the other element too. And I feel super creepy talking about this with mom. Cover your ears, mom. (laughs) Or I'll cover mine (laughs) while I'm talking. You are starting to see Daphne is getting a little bit of a clue about her own sexuality. And Simon is giving her that clue. 
And there's that scene where they're stopped in their promenade. And she's really trying to get to the bottom of what it is, this intangible thing about marriage that she just doesn't understand. And it's almost like his suggestion to her about what she should do when she's alone in her room and in her bed. It almost hadn't occurred to her before, which is a little strange. But he definitely tips her off. And so you start to realize that she's thinking about him in a totally different way. Even the first scene was of her very passionate dream. And the glove coming off her hand was as much as we all could handle. It was like very intense. There's another theme in this episode. And it's contrast of three women and what their options are. So there's Daphne and she has to find a suitable husband and then make way for her sisters to find suitable husbands. There's also Sienna Rosso, the singer. She's a totally different social class and she's Anthony's spurned lover. He kind of dumped her with no support after promising he'd always take care of her. And she has to go look for another sugar daddy. And then the third person is Marina Thompson. She's pregnant and alone. So her prospects are not great if she doesn't find a husband fast. So these three women, the thing they all have in common is it's really dependent on the men and the protection of the men that they find. I think you could have powerless Olympics, figuring out who has the least amount of power here, because Marina in some ways looks like she has the least, but really, if she doesn't marry, the whole families of the Featheringtons are coming down with her. So in some ways, she does wield some power. Well, I want to go back to when Anthony finally told Daphne why Simon had such a strange childhood. Do you guys feel that when Daphne heard that information about the Duke, she thought, I can fix him. Of course. (laughs) You remember that cartoon that I had on the refrigerator? A girl brings Dracula home. Dracula home, right? I remember it. Don't worry, I can change him. What is it about the attitude of women to think, I can work with this? This this can get better. It's a challenge. Oh, it's a challenge, but I also think it's what it says to other people. Other women have failed at this, but I've got the secret sauce to make things different. And I think it's how you see yourself. You've got something extra special, right? If you can succeed where others have failed. You're right. It is that hubris. Instead of calling it historical drama, because it's not. I mean, you have almost colorblind casting costumes that give a nod to the period, but they're not wearing bonnets and the colors are amazing. And same with like the music, traditional music, but it's askew, it's a slant. What steampunk does with like Victorian and technology and la la la, and it sometimes doesn't make sense. It's a whole new genre. I think Bridgerton has landed a whole new genre. Well, you know, that's why it appeals to so many people. So we call this a period drama, but it's got the pop influence. So what if we call it period popper? That's disgusting. (laughs) If you were going to take home one element of Bridgerton, what would you take? Dresses, music, food, anything? Settings. I would go with the dresses. They're beautiful. Do you know what I'd take home in a heartbeat? is the wisteria growing outside the family home. I'm obsessed with it. I wonder if that's CGI. It's so beautiful. I wonder if it's not real. Guys, this was so fun. Really great. I love you both. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. See you later. 
Until then, you can find us online. Ask a question, leave a comment on Instagram and Twitter at the Lady Foxes. Thank you.